What's up, what's up, sports fans around the world? It's your favorite big three coming from you from Back Sports Page. I'm Tyrone Stallworth. And he's frozen. <laughs> Usually Ahmed does that. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. This flag. Hopefully last week. Oh, man. For once, you're not lagging, and Tyrone is. <laughs> but it was me. <laughs> All right. So as Tyrone said, he's Tyrone Stallworth. I'm Jared Zero. And then we also have – go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, I'm Ahmed Shifa. Good to be here, y'all. Awesome. Uh, all right. Let's get – Oh, all right. There we go. We're, We're good. We're good. Thank you, guys. What's up, sports? Oh, God. <laughs> We're doing that again. It's your favorite big three coming from you live from Back Sports Page. I'm Tyrone Spader okay. alongside Jerry Zero and Ahmed Shifa. How you guys doing? Sorry for the delay. <laughs> no, nah, you're good. I I kind of took over for you on that one when you froze up. And, oh, nice, nice. You know. <laughs> Thank you. I was saying, I was like, usually I'm that's the one that freezes. Right, I don't know what it is, man. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's good to be back. I mean, we didn't record last week. You were at a cookout. We were all kind of just tired and whatever. So it's nice to be back on the yeah. air. Yeah, I had to celebrate Juneteenth one time for the fun time. No, I get you. I got you. Uh, we do have a guest coming on today, uh, Adam Ooh. Cohen of. Back Sports page will be joining us a little bit later to, to discuss some baseball, uh, educate some of us that don't know nearly as much. But uh, it's an exciting time. The NBA is back. Uh, they came up with a day, I believe it was uh, July 30th, is the official day. They are going to be playing in Disney, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, what do you guys think? Can't wait, man. I can't wait. I think the interesting thing is that uh, they just, you know, got results from NBA players for the coronavirus. 16 out of, like, what, 300-plus players have it. Um, so that would be interesting headline to follow throughout, you know, the games and whatnot. Yeah, who were some of the notable names that um, that were tested positive? I know Jokic is a big one. Um, he can't even get back to the U.S. right now because of, you know, guidelines and regulations with that. Um, I think that's the biggest name I heard of coming out that bunch right now. Fair enough. I also heard uh, uh, Malcolm Brogdon also tested positive. Um, I, I I don't know who else tested. I know there was – I heard a few names, but I've been hearing also ver varying things. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, no, it's exciting to finally get back to it. And now that we officially have a time, a place, the one thing that's going to be interesting is now. I won't, the one thing that that I always thought in the NBA was one of the biggest factors for teams was that home court advantage. Hearing those those fans cheering for you, do you think that this is going to affect them one way or another? Like, do you think there's a team that? maybe thrives more off of the energy from their fans than another team? or how, like, do you, Who do you think is going to suffer the most? Who do you think is going to succeed the most? Mm. Um, I think that the Heat are going to suffer the most because they're 
road and um, home splits are just crazy, right? They were one of those teams that couldn't lose at home. Um, I think the team that's least affected by it would be like the veteran teams, like, you know, Lakers. Uh, I don't think they'd be highly affected just because they have a lot of uh, experience in the playoffs, you know? So I think they would thrive in those type of environments. Fair enough. I think that's uh, I think that's a good point. I think, you know, I don't disagree with you on the Heat. I think losing their um, kind of that edge, like you were saying. Uh, one team for me that I think is going to be a little bit interesting is the Bucks. Yeah. I'm always fifty fifty on the Bucks when it comes to that home crowd that they have, because they're one of the most hype team, like hype fans you see when Giannis is playing and. So I, I don't know. Like, do you think that will affect them? It would, but just I I, I think their team and their coach. I think their coach is a big factor with that, which is why I didn't really say um, the Bucks. Uh, yeah. I think they're gonna they're they're one of those teams that really struggle in the playoffs anyway. Um, as far as in comparison with the regular season, so they're gonna be a special case. Like everybody's gonna have their eyes on Giannis to see if people wall up on him and things like that and how he responds. So that's valid. I think the Celtics are going to actually suffer a little bit. I know Brad Stevens loves to get the fans going, especially that one game where he had Taco come in and he's yeah. like telling everyone, hype up, hype up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> so I think that's, uh, that's going to put a damper on them. But, I mean, I just think it's time for the Celtics to release Taco into into the NBA you know, he's like dominating the G League and, you know, everyone's like, just put him in the NBA already. We or put put him in with, with everybody. <laughs> we, we want him. We want him. So I, uh, I, I, I do want Taco Fall to play. I just, I think, I don't know what it is. Like, he's just so lovable. Like, I, I don't know what it is about him. Yeah, I, I think it has everything to do with the seven, six inches that he has, you know, seven foot, six inches. Yeah, he's a he's a tall, tall, <laughs> tall guy. What about you, Shifa? What you think, man? Well, first of all, I think he should get at least a few minutes. Like, I just want to see that. I just want to see how it looks. Well, fair. That's what, I think that's what the Celtics should say. <laughs> um, my team would be the Denver Nuggets because I think they got that mm-hmm. mile high, yeah. uh, high that that core court. Yeah, but I think so too. Like, it's not as good as say Milwaukee, Miami, but I think that that's something that like the altitude, whether it's food, whether it's like their fast pace, I think it helps them a lot. Uh, and I think you guys are right. Like, I look at the Lakers and the Bucks, sort of, and the Clippers, the boat of veteran teams. So I don't know how it's going to look from from Giannis in the playoffs, but I would like I agree. I I would think like they'll be fine wherever they are. Uh, but I think it's the Nuggets. I'm I'm not really sure if there's much. There are a lot of teams that have, have home court advantage. Um, I mean, I don't know. What do you guys think? Like, any sleeper teams? You think that might actually benefit? Uh, if I had to pick one, uh, first of all, let me do this. I gotta let me pull up a list of all the teams, all NBA teams returning. Because, you know, if I had to pick who I think the, like, my sleeper team would be, 
Uh, goodness. I wouldn't even know where to begin. I'd probably say I feel like the Pacers would be my my sleeper team. Just because, you know, with Vic is Victor Oladipo he's back, right? Yeah, he came yeah. back already. I I just think with the with their complete roster, they're just people underestimate them too much. Like I, I feel like people are gonna go in and underestimate how good those guys actually are and by the time they realize like, oh, they they came out to play and they mean business. I, I think it's gonna be a little late. Not bad. That's not a bad choice. Um, I wouldn't have picked the Pacers only because I see them as one of those teams that, you know, second round, third round uh, knockouts. But but that's my point is like that's how people look at them. Mm-hmm. I feel like some of the teams that are favorited to go to the to the finals are gonna look at them and be like, mm, you know, if they're supposed to be a second round exit, we're just gonna play half strength and then yeah. you know three games later they're like uh we're, we're down three to one to them so maybe not that many i feel like they'd adjust mm-hmm. faster but i just i feel like people are going to underestimate it'll them. be a tough six game series kind of thing yeah yeah for sure yeah they're, they're, they're definitely a tough out um just based off of oladipo and the defensive team that they have alone um it'd be interesting though I also think um, yeah, from the I'll, West. Oh, good, Ahmed. <laughs> I was gonna just gonna say like when you guys say out of the West, I I would actually say like the Spurs and the Thunder off the top of my head. I feel like especially the Spurs, like this with all like with what's happening like rest and like they're a sleeper and people think that people probably count them out right now. I wouldn't be shocked if they could maybe steal a few games, maybe shock. I don't know if they could shock the Lakers or the Clippers or any of those teams, but it wouldn't be surprising if they would take any team like a seven-game series. Yeah, I feel that. Um, But how excited are you guys, though, man? Four days away? So I, I was talking to Ryan on the Zero Tech podcast the other day, and I'll tell you, we were fiending for sports so bad. I was telling them the other day on Father's Day, uh, my cousins are pretty rich, and they go down to Florida every summer or whatever. And I'm not really close with them, but uh, they they love my grandfather. They're very close with him. So for Father's Day, we went to their house, used their pool and stuff. It got so hot, and I wanted sports so bad, I went in and watched NASCAR. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I just want something competitive. Like, I couldn't tell you who won or what the times were, nothing like that. I don't even know if that matters, but I was just like, I want to watch some organized sport. I feel that. I feel that. Mask. <laughs> I mean, you know, I've been seeing all those. Uh, I, I've been seeing all those memes ever since. You know all the protests started and people started showing their true colors. And one of my favorite memes is, you know, I never in a million years would have expected the right to get Harry Potter and the left to get NASCAR. And I thought that was really funny. So I was like, you know what, (laughs) whatever. (sighs) But back to the sleeper teams. So like I said, the paces for me are out of the East, out of the West. I think the, the trailblazers would be my sleeper team. 
Yeah, um, out of the East, for me, it's the Heat. I don't know. I, I'm in love with the Heat for some reason. I have no idea why. I think it has to do with Jimmy Butler and Kendrick Nunn and just those, you know, bulldogs they have on their team. I love it. Uh, out of the West, I would have to say the Nuggets, right? Like, they're not like your traditional sleeper, but when you have LeBron and the Lakers and Kawhi, and the Clippers in your same conference, that's a tough road. So I'm going to have to say the Nuggets on that one. I respect that, my friend. I really, really do. <laughs> you know, right. do, you, do you guys remember when Jimmy Butler was supposed to be a Celtic and then the Bulls were like, nah, we're not going to trade him for your awesome trade package. We're going to trade him for a bag of chips. Man, that's just, that's just <laughs> both management, man. Don't get me started on that. <laughs> that's, just, that's just a can of worms you don't want to open right now, bro. <laughs> oh man, I, I don't know. I just think I thought it was incredibly funny. Yeah, man. Try. Listen though, I wonder like how different the Celtics would be if yeah. they did get Jimmy Butler. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't think they would be too different just because they have you know Jimmy Butler type of players. You know? Right. No, I get you. I've I just think the chemistry might not have all been there. You know, the team might not have be not seem as complete. I guess you could say. Yeah, he gets Jimmy Butler gets a bad rap, man. I don't know. I love him to death. I think he's great. About, about him being a bad teammate, man. He just wants you to work hard. Like I don't know. I just think that you know it's kind of propaganda to say he's a bad teammate at this point. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Um, I remember when, you know, he had all that rough chemistry with the uh, the Timberwolves and all those guys were like, all of our young stars can beat you. And he's like, no, they can't. And then they were like, yes, they can. So him and like a bunch of like 40-year-olds, 30-year-olds went and walloped like Cat and all that. Yeah. That was funny. No. He's talented. He is a talented man. He works hard, bro. He works hard for real. But not yeah. only is basketball coming back, and you know, and sports are going to get a whole lot more interesting because I uh, we have baseball coming back soon, and that I'm really excited for. I'm a huge baseball fan. I am disappointed with the Boston Red Sox, to say the least. But you know, uh, yeah, I don't know. What are you guys? What are your thoughts on baseball coming back? I'm really excited for White Sox season. I don't know. I watched a couple of their um, preseason games. I know it's preseason. I know not to get excited, all of that, blah blah blah. But they're looking. They were looking really good in um, off season. They have a, a few bats, and um, hopefully their their bullpen and things like that hold up for the season. So I'm really excited for the White Sox. What about you, Ahmed? Are you going to be watching any baseball? I know you're fiending for sports too. Uh, I'm not really into baseball, but I am curious about the playoffs. Uh, okay. That's just my thing. I don't know enough about the MLB. But, I mean, I might catch a Yankees game, a Mets game uh, to learn more about it. But uh, – Otherwise, I've not really been into it. So I'm a I love baseball, right? It I used to go to Red Sox games all the time. I 
love watching baseball. I very much value baseball. I love the game. I love everything about it. And statistically, I know quite a bit about baseball. Unfortunately, I don't know a lot about what's going on right now. But we do have a guest joining us. Uh, his name is Adam. He's from the Back Sports Page team as well. Everyone, let's welcome Adam into the show. How are you doing, Adam? Good. How are you, Jared? I'm doing excellent. Thanks for joining us today. So uh, tell us, what's, what's going on in the baseball world? Well, the baseball season finally happened after two months of negotiations and several proposals between the MLB Player Association and the owners as well. So it's a big sigh of relief for so many baseball fans across the country. And it came at uh, a bit of an expense, too, because there's only going to be 60 games. Players have already tested positive for COVID. And a lot of people don't know that the Player Association gave a lot just to have the season and hold on to their grievance, which they really wanted to keep on against the owners for delaying the season so long. Yeah, so I did see a lot of that. I did see a lot of, you know, negotiations back and forth, back and forth. Now, I from my understanding is that a lot of players were upset. They were somewhat insulted with a lot of the offers that the league was throwing at them and they would counteract with another offer. And I, I vividly remember one, it was one of the more recent ones. Now correct me if I'm wrong. There was a, an offer from the league that was 60 games and 90% uh, prorated salary. And the players responded, we'll do it for that pay, but we want to play 70 games. And then the league was insulted by that, and it took them, you know, however long to, um, it took them however long to finally come to some sort of agreement. Uh, do you think it would have been better for the players to play more games, or do you think less games is better? Well, I think the players were trying to make a point in getting fully prorated at salary in the first place, and also at the same time they were trying to certainly leverage the owners because owners kept saying several times in a row that they were going to pay them around 33 to 35% of their pro or full season salary and city games wasn't enough. So it still isn't that much because I think now it's 37%, which isn't too big of a jump, but they had 70. That would obviously be, obviously be a lot better too. Right. So how does this affect the playoffs? Um, are they going to just do the playoffs in the same time frame as the first, these next few months, just going to be regular season. And then come September, October is going to be, you know, playoffs world series or how's that going to work? The playoffs will be uh, as they normally are. It'll be 10 teams making the playoffs, five teams per league. However, the only thing that will be different is that because of a shorter season, a lot of fringe teams can make it. Or if a very good team goes off to a bad start, that could be their end of their play- 2020 playoff run. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm very, who, uh, I'm assuming you're rooting for the Yankees. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, myself, uh, my, my buddy and I, we are, we're big Boston sports fans, but due to the cheating scandals that the Red Sox were involved with, with Alex Cora and, you know, there being one person, I feel like one rotten apple kind of spoils the bunch in the case of cheating, if no one's going to stop it. So we decided that this season where you're going to be Toronto Blue Jays fans. <laughs> and for no other reason, for me, no other reason. I've always liked the Blue Jays, but I love Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And his dad was one of my favorite players back in the day. And I was actually blessed that I got to meet him. So that was, that was really cool. 
But uh, yeah, I'm excited. I am really excited. Uh, do you think that this will be the new normal for baseball if this is successful, like less games? No, this is certainly a one-time thing. I think most people are still geared for baseball being 162 games. There's been talks of maybe shorting it back to kind of the 1960 version of 154 games. But at the end of the day, it's not too much. If they were to short the regular season a bit, they'd probably send the postseason more, probably getting that extra revenue. So we could see maybe a change of that type next year, but this will be the only year we'll see about 60 games. I, I think that'd be a good idea, though, you know, an extended playoff. I mean, playoff baseball is is by far one of the most yeah. exciting things in sports. I don't care who you are or if you love or hate baseball. Th- those September nights where, you know, bottom of the ninth, th- two strikes, you know, three balls and two outs, and everyone's like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? And I just – I live for that stuff. I live for playoff baseball. Same with playoff hockey, too. Playoff hockey is also really exciting. <sighs> but I did have a question uh, for Adam as well. Um, so you know how baseball is trying to like up their profile when it comes to viewership with the other sports, like in comparison with the other sports like basketball and football. Do you think that playing these games while other games can't be played with that? Uh, do you think that that will uplift their profile as far as viewership and like? As for uh, fans as well, like getting new fans. I think a couple months ago it certainly would have because, well, baseball will still return at a time where most major sports are not going on. I guess you could say golf a little bit, but even that one's to an extent. But with these negotiations that were very publicized and very tone deaf to the situation because they're arguing over millions and billions of dollars while hundreds of thousands of Americans are unemployed right now. So a lot of people were not really happy with baseball for these past two months. And even though they'll come back first by maybe uh, a week or two, it won't really add too much revenue, won't really add too many new fans. They've actually lost a lot of casual fans because they delayed the season for mm-hmm. that much longer than they should have. Now, what do you, what solutions do you think the MLB could come up with to get those casual fans back? I mean, obviously, you know, we see it fairly often that baseball is kind of on the bottom of a lot of people's radars. You know, the common thing that I hear at least personally from people is baseball is boring. There's not a lot that happens. And when I, when I talk about baseball, I, I will go off about pitcher duels and the different, you know, little, little techniques and nuances of the game of how to throw a, a proper curveball or anything like that. And I think the intricacies of baseball are the most impressive. I think for a hitter knowing how to hit that, you know, deep slider or whatever, I think is awesome. But what can the league do to get some of the lost fans back, to get back some of those casual fans? In short, what they can do is they can have players a lot more mic'd up. They were starting to do that, I think, yeah. this spring training. And yeah. Like, yeah, right? Exactly. It's just <laughs> hilarious. Like you hear Chris Bryant going off being like, ooh, fastball, fastball, fastball. And then he goes after it. Then he just starts like running the bases and – it's amazing. So that would be a lot of fun. And also promos. I'm not sure how much you guys are aware of this if you're not. I'm speaking specifically to Tyrone Ahmed about minor league baseball, but they have really, really crazy promotional ideas. I've been a, at Louisiana Baby Kate's game where they have like a baby hitting a home run with like on their hats. They have the Staten Island Yankees slash Pizza Rats. Like they have these wild names. 
They have all source promotions. It's minor league baseball's kind of failing getting revenue. And honestly, all these promotional ideas are really, really smart. And if baseball were to incorporate more of them, that would help too. However, long term, if they really want to get more fans, they should allow more people to use their broadcasts or broadcast games of their own because that could create more viewership mm. and more YouTubers to try to like stream the game. And even individually, just sitting down with someone who wants to know about baseball and just telling them that intricacies that Jared was talking about, that would certainly help too. Yeah, uh, I think it's um, important that you bring up Mike and the players up, right? Because uh, I was watching a few preseason games, as I alluded to earlier, and that was just – that was amazing, man. Um, just to see Chris Bryant, you know, talk about the Astros and cheating in real time must see tv so i think they definitely need to bring that back um also bring back jordan if they want minor leagues <laughs> to profile to come back i don't know i don't know if much can be done about the minor leagues but um yeah man i agree with you there so i do have uh, another question so what is the scene going to look like with fans are are there going to be fans in the stadiums are you know how are they going to be doing that well, as of now, there's no fans for, during the season, of course. And we talked about this on the Exit Vila podcast with Henry and Ryan Morick. And we were kind of discussing how, well, also Zach Diamond as well, how, okay, if there's going to be fans and one person gets sick or one person dies from it, that will look so bad for the individual team. So right. they may not want to take that chance. On the other hand, if they were to socially distance themselves, I'm, I'm working here in Illinois for um, a uh, collegiate baseball team and they're having half capacity, but just spreading out by rows. I think that's not a bad idea. Or you could go even further, like they have done in some of the uh, Asian baseball leagues. I think one of the leagues had uh, set stalls in the stands, which was hilarious. And then they got fined. Another league had, uh, they had like SpongeBob and they had a lot of stuffed animals there just to fill up the rows. And even if they don't have fans, that is a very funny way to go. Yeah, I think that yeah, that uh, that makes a lot of sense because I feel like the fans are out of all major sports, I feel like the fans for baseball are the most important. Um you know, aside like in the NBA aside from really throwing a free throw, you don't have the fans like trying to distract the other team, but I mean you have it with pitchers, people playing outfield, batters, kind of everybody and I feel like the fans make a world of difference for those players, but you you guys brought up a good point uh, with the minor league not getting enough revenue. Obviously, we see in the NBA we see like the G League, but do you think it would be smarter if you know in the MLB they did sort of like a, a mini camp thing like the NFL does? You know, you have some rookies come in and you know they all try out for extended period of time. Do you think that would work in baseball, or do you think they should leave it as it is? I think as it is, honestly, it can still help these minor league players. And baseball's a little bit different than the G League, of course, because there's five or six levels before you make the majors. And you're not going to send someone up from rookie ball unless they're an absolute stud. And even then, super rare to write to the majors. But that's why there's spring training. That's why during September they increased the roster to 40 players from 25 or 26. That's why right now during the Corona season, they're having like a 30-man taxi squad just go in between the majors and 
just not play at all and just in case you need extra players on the roster. So I think they get their shot pretty fairly. And there could be some changes to it, but I think right now it's it's not a bad system in that regard. Yeah, I was going to add that uh, it would be tough for them to change up their system only because baseball is like a really like uh, situational mechanics and like just technique and no, like awareness type of game where you can't just pick it up and automatically be good. You have to learn. Like you have to learn the game, and there's no way that athleticism can just boost your boost up your playing profile, right? So I think that it would be hard for them to just have like a mini camp or things like that um, for the younger players because everybody needs that experience, man. Everybody needs needs that play. You feel me? I think that's a fair assessment. Um, I think I have, yeah, I, was gonna have- I have one more question as far as, uh, so last season, the netting, the netting uh, around the stadium was a big topic, um, as far as keeping the fans safe and all of that. Um, but it's kind of died out, right? Um, I think only a couple teams actually have netting around the whole stadium. Um, do you think that that's still a big button issue? that they're still working those things out or you just think that that kind of just died out? I think it's kind of died out just because it hasn't been in the media for so long, but there's probably someone going to be hit in the near future as awful as that sounds. It's just inevitable because there's so many foul balls during regular season. I bet you mm-hmm. once someone gets hit again, that tops, those tops will stir up, even though it's so rare and usually they're all right. They just don't want any of those instances to happen. So, mm-hmm. I'm sure they'll, they'll come up at some point when I guess someone gets his, hits again or when baseball is fully fledged in with the season, then you might see more rules like that. Shout out to the White Sox, by the way, for getting that situated. Um, yeah, I just kind of thought that that was interesting because, you know, we talk about we talk about how issues get played up and it's like always in the cycle until it kind of gets phased out the cycle. So I think that it's pretty interesting if they revise or go back to um, that problem, that issue that they have. Ahmed, I think you said you had a question for Adam. Yeah, I guess I would just wonder, like, from all we're talking about, is there anything that you can think of, like, from besides what we're talking now, like, that might be, uh, that might affect baseball or that might come out of this in the long run, like, from what we haven't mentioned? Well, one of the things that we, we talked yesterday on the Ice and Field podcast was they added this new rule. It might just be for the season, or it could be longer, is that in any extra inning, the runner will start out in second base. Now, that can be really fun because for the casual fan, they're not going to watch a whole three-hour-plus game. If they turn on the TV, it's the 10th inning, there's a runner on second base, and your team has a really good chance of winning. Well, then you might see small ball. You might see true fundamental baseball. That's very exciting since it's already in extra innings, which is always a lot of fun. So that might be here to stay. It also brings in a lot of unique strategy because how it works is someone who bats, like let's say the number four hitter strikes out in the ninth inning. In that inning, they will be the one who starts out on second base or they can replace him with pinch runner. So if a really speedy guy who just purposely strikes out, he could lead off the next inning and try to get that key running for the team. That's dangerous. 
Exactly. That's really cool. I didn't hear about that. Yeah, that that sounds awesome. So one, uh, another question I have for you, and obviously this is a little bit old news. Uh, Mookie Betts is no longer a Red Sox. He's on the Dodgers. You know, I was hoping to have seen some action by now, but obviously with COVID and kind of how everything's shaped up, we don't know what the landscape of the league is going to look like in terms of how good teams are going to be. So obviously the Red Sox lost a major key piece in Mookie Betts. Uh, they didn't really get um, as good a return as a lot of people had hoped. And as far as I'm aware, there's been some pretty big name uh trades going on in the league how do you think those trades affect the landscape what teams do you think that maybe from last season weren't as good are kind of going to be better now and vice versa teams that were really good last season might not be as good well just to uh add on to your example like the dodgers who got mookie Betts, of course well they've missed the world series and or just missed winning the world series in 2017 and 2018 now they had a mookie Betts, and they already had a Stud of a right fielder, or stud of an outfielder, and Cody Bellinger to also play first base. Now they have Betts, which is even better, so, and also another starter in David Price, which helps offset losing Hyunjin Ryu, Rich Hill, and Kenta Maeda. So that certainly helps. And you also have teams just trying to sign big free agents, such as the Angels, for example. They signed Anthony Rendon. And, of course, Trout's only been in one playoffs back in 2014, didn't do that well. Angels lost in three or four games. And people were saying, well, Trout's legacy is hurt because of that. Well, now mm -hmm. they have this big free agent. So that could certainly help the Angels or the Twins, who already had 307 home runs and major league record last year. They added Josh Donaldson, the former MVP, with 37 home runs last season. So a lot of teams are trying to improve in that regard. You mentioned the Blue Jays earlier, added a lot of good pitchers. They signed um, this one pitcher from Japan, Shun Yamaguchi. So that'll be a lot of fun too. Uh, the Rays and Padres uh, swapped a couple players. Uh, the Padres got another speed guy and Tommy Pham, so maybe they'll be competitive. It, it can definitely shape things up and anything's possible in a shortened season. Absolutely. And I, I say that I'm a, my football is my number one sport. Uh, I, I mean, you could catch me on the Zero Tech podcast talking for an hour with Ryan Stern about that. And I could probably list every player on almost any roster so but i uh i i agree it like you said any given season anything can happen and i you you, you brought up one player in particular that is one of my personal favorites and on the trifecta we don't really shy away from the intellectual conversation of sports and we like to talk about the what ifs and stuff like that so in my opinion i genuinely believe Mike Trout is the greatest baseball player to have ever stepped onto the diamond. Who do you think is the greatest? Uh, Babe Ruth, only because he would have been a Hall of Fame pitcher and a Hall of Fame hitter. He Actually, if you've heard of Walter Johnson, who had the record for most shutouts of all time, Babe Ruth beat him in about five one nothing contests, and he already accumulated around 70 wins as a pitcher, and then he turned to a hitter and obviously pretty much changed the entire game of baseball. So he'll always be number one for me, but I could see Mays I can see Trout, I can see Mantle, I can see Cobb as, or Aaron and Bonds too, If uh, depending on your view of steroids. I don't care either way. I think he's still one of the GOATs. So all those players are certainly, make in that, or certainly in that conversation. I was actually talking about Barry Bonds the other day. Uh, my mom and I were talking about, you know, 
the whole thing with Chris Benoit a bunch of years back with uh, the wrestler who he killed his wife and his youngest kid. And it's a very sad situation, but the WWE, I guess, kind of stripped him of his legacy after that. They didn't put him in the Hall of Fame and they like signed contracts saying that they're not allowed to talk about him. And that if a player or if a, an athlete in the WWE does talk about them, that they can be removed. And I, I could be wrong on this. This is just from what I'm hearing. I'm, I don't know anything about wrestling. But um, I the one thing I said is I feel like, yeah, sure, what he did was awful, but he also had a mental disease and CTE. And I was like, I feel like stripping his legacy away from him would be like taking Barry Bonds out of the Hall of Fame for steroids. Like, that just doesn't make sense to me. I think steroids are not necessarily steroids, but yeah, I mean, I guess you could say steroids, I think are an important part of sports, not obviously for cheating, but especially in a sport like football and hockey, you got these big, you know, 300 pound, 250 pound guys tackling each other and checking each other into glass. That's why they don't need them. But that's what I'm saying. But you would think they would because they're putting their bodies on the line. You know what I mean? Like they are putting their bodies on the line every Sunday in hockey's case multiple times a week. You know, obviously in baseball it's a little bit different, but I just I've never I've personally never seen an issue with uh, steroids in sports as long as everybody's on an even playing field. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I don't know. I just think when you start saying that, you know, steroids are okay, that's a slippery slope. Like, yeah, I can see your your argument for football, but even for football, you know, the the formula for um for force is mass times acceleration. So you do you really want those guys any bigger than they already are running at the speed that they're already running, maybe faster with the steroids, creating more force? I don't think so. So, like, when you, once you start getting in the area of performance enhancing drugs, it's, it, I, I, I go with that no one needs them. Like, if you need them, then you don't need to be really playing the sport. That's cheating at that point. I respect it. I respect it. I do. What, do you, what were you going to say, Adam? Well, players will always, of course, get, try to get the advantage. Will, Willie Mays even took greenies. Babe Ruth, uh, he took like an animal's testosterone and injected in his arm, which is just insane, and that kind of helped him. So players will always find another type of way to try to get better. However, I think you're right, Tyrone, and how it's a slippery slope, because once you say it's okay to take P&Ds, well, you don't want future players, future kids who are watching these celebrities who are watching these athletes say, hey, if I work here really good, I want to inject PEDs into my system, which is not ever a good idea. So I, I think if like players served a suspension, like A-Rod, for example, he served that suspension. Terrible what he did. I was the biggest A-Rod fan. But he served I was not. The- yeah, I mean, that, that's, <laughs> that makes sense, of course. <laughs> <laughs> You're a Red Sox. <laughs> I think you lost a lot. No, I mean... I was upset because, you know, A-Rod wanted to take a pay cut to come to Boston, and then the league was like, no, you can't. And it's like, come on. Like, we're not a destination city. No one wants to come here. But we have some of the best teams. It was also during the uh, 86-year drought, too. So that didn't make it any better. Ah, man, it was so upsetting. But it was uh, really sweet when Veritech, you know, kind of got the best of them. And I argued with Ryan Morick about this on Twitter. 
Watch that fight. Veritech won. I don't care. He did. He did. I'll admit that too. Ryan Morick thinks A-Rod won. And I'm like, listen, A-Rod was an idiot. He took off his helmet and he's trying to punch he's trying to punch Jason Veritech through a catcher's mask. Come yeah, on. That, it was just dumb. Like Veritech like put him like in a chokehold. Like he obviously won that one. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, but no. I was actually at that game. I was with I used to go to Red Sox games all the time as a kid. I was telling them before you joined on. Uh, it's just baseball is a huge part of my life. And my mom actually, at the time, she had one of the better cameras on the market. And she has a picture of both teams, of two separate pictures, that when you put them together, you see the bench clearing before they like started fist fighting. Wow. Yeah, it was really cool. That's very impressive. That's really yeah. cool your mom has that shot. Yeah, but um, I don't know. I just I miss sports. I miss baseball. I miss I miss it all. I I feel like you know the especially with everything going on right now. I feel like the world just needs something to take their mind off of, like to kind of shut off their mind and just be like, you know what? Reality is somewhat back. I can turn on the TV and watch sports. You know what's interesting about uh, what you just said about that is um. Um, I was watching the first take earlier today, and Stephen A. asked Darius Leonard, he asked him, um, are you a part of the, the side of the coin that says that we should play because it uplifts our platform, or are you a uh, part of the, the um, people that say that sports are too big of a distraction that, um, that they can't advocate for social, social issues that they want to, like they want to? And um, Leonard said that, you know, it's, it's a platform to – you know, even uplift their platform that they already have, right? So if everybody's watching them and they're also ha like saying social statements at the same time, that more people are gonna be uh, receptive. Well, not receptive, but more people are gonna be exposed to it because um, they're the only thing on TV. So, you know, I, I love that part of the game. So yeah, it's a distraction, but it's also like, you know, you can't hide away from what they're saying because if you wanna watch them, you're going to have to listen to what they have to say. All right. So real quick, we do have a comment from Mr. Ryan Morick <laughs> saying A-Rod beat his ass. <laughs> it didn't happen, bro. I love you to death. It didn't happen. <laughs> I might have to rewatch it at least. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? That, that's a fair assessment. I will come on exit VLO next, the next episode. I will rewatch the fight. We'll all rewatch it. And we'll, we'll go from there. How's that sound? I, I think that's a pretty fair trade. I think so. <laughs> but uh, there is a tweet that was going around uh, that I've seen a lot of athletes share, um, namely McCole Hardman, because he was very adamant about his stance on this. It was the most difficult – or sports ranked by difficulty. And in order for – there's 60 of them. I am going to only do the top 10. Um, so from number one down to number 10, it goes boxing, ice hockey, football, basketball, wrestling – martial arts, tennis, gymnastics, baseball slash softball, and then soccer. According to the, um, to the Twitter sphere, a lot of people don't agree with that list. Yeah. Um. I, I don't agree with it either. I mean, I think hockey should be up there. I think boxing should be up there. But I don't, I don't as somebody who's played football, uh, somebody who, you know, who's kind of studied it, I don't think football should be that high up there. I think uh, baseball should be a lot higher. Jim, the one that McCole Hardman was so adamant about was gymnastics. Mm. 
like I think you know he was he was fighting for that to probably be like number one or two. But what do you guys see with that? Like, do you think baseball is put in a reasonable spot, or like, what do you guys think of that in general? Uh, I think baseball should be higher. I played baseball. It is not easy. Like like I said earlier, you know, you, it's so much of technique and awareness that's involved. Like you have to have experience to play baseball, and you're not going to be great when you first pick up a bat and a glove. You're not. It's, it's just you're not going to be good at it just off of pure athleticism. So it definitely should be up. What number do you think it should be? It should definitely be in the top five. Top five. Be in the top five. Sure. And I think I think that they missed they missed the sport. Which one? They missed fencing, man. Fencing. Let me. Fencing. I think it's on here. Let me just take a look. Fencing should be higher if it's up there because no one plays fencing. You need a personal coach for fencing. Like it's 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 already a sport that you kind of have to have money to be in. To even like have the opportunity to play, sport. fencing is considered the twenty fourth most difficult. Yeah, sport. it should be top ten by far. Okay, Adam, what do you think? Baseball certainly needs to be top five. Tyrone, you mentioned how baseball is a very technical sport. There's is actually this a lot of tip tops going around. Of course, not that I'm a big tip top person because tip tops are kind of gross. But I like this baseball tip tops, of course, because why not? And they're saying baseball athletes can play almost any other sport, but most athletes of other sports can't play baseball. So mm. it's like if you had a random basketball player, or even even if LeBron were just to pick a bat and face some of the best in the game, throwing 95 yeah. miles per hour mm-hmm. and having 85 mile per hour sliders, he probably wouldn't be able to do too much. That's not to say LeBron isn't athletic. It just requires a different type of hand-eye coordination and a different type of skill. Yeah, I think it's amazing that MJ was like passable, <laughs> right? I was, I think it's amazing that he made a roster, like even a, a minor league roster. Like it's crazy how like difficult baseball is. I mean, we're seeing it more and more though. Like, look at Kyler Murray; he was drafted number one in both the MLB and the NFL. I mean, granted, I don't know if he would be able to, you know, now. Well, it's the NFL offseason going. Be like, you know what? I, I'm going to go play some baseball. I mean, we know Russell Wilson just got traded from the Texas, the um, the Rangers to the Yankees. <laughs> when I thought that was really funny, when I heard that, I was like, what? <laughs> I didn't even know he was drafted. I that yeah. um, that I was surprising. Team. Yeah. So I guess um, I don't think they pay him. I. Um, I don't think he's like paid or like has a contract or anything like that, but um, I don't know. I just, it's weird to me. But I mean, it is what it is at this point. I mean, look at Deion Sanders. Like he yeah. played, he played, you know, both baseball and football. And exactly. uh, from my understanding, he was really good at baseball. I mean, I don't know how good, but uh, he was. He was good, but no. Back to the uh, sports by difficulty. I, I agree. I think baseball should be higher up. I think figure skating is nineteenth. I feel like figure skating should be top ten. I don't even know how to ice skate. Okay, mm-hmm. I don't. My girlfriend tried to take me. 
and I couldn't do it. So. Yeah, I, I run away from every opportunity to ice skate. You know, right? I don't want to fall on my butt. Like, it's that It's harder the older you get, man. I, I'm good on that one. No, it really does. But, <laughs> <laughs> man, oh, God. It's just nice to be able to talk and be like, oh, I'm looking forward to sports. And, like, they're coming back. Oh, man. Yeah, so, man. Before we end, I do um, you know, do a – a Mount Rushmore of baseball players since we have Adam Cohen on the show. I don't think that would do be it. a good idea. So, um, I mean, we could talk about that right now. Let's do that. Let's do a Mount Rushmore of baseball players. Um, let's – Tyrone, we'll start with you. It was your idea. We'll, we'll save the best for last. We'll save the most educated guy about baseball right. for last. All right. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Derek Jeter, you know, America's shortstop. <laughs> I'm going to go with um, Babe Ruth, like you said, one of the four, like the forefathers of baseball. One of those guys that, like Stephen Curry, you know, game breakers. He definitely broke the game. Um, I got to go Jackie Robinson because he broke the color barrier. That's a no-brainer right there. And then um, I'm going to go with one of my favorite players, which is um, Albert Pujols, man. I, I I don't know. There, there's nothing like the machine. So those are my four right there. Man, I love Albert Pujols back in mm. when I was a kid. Loved yeah. him. He was he was one of my favorite players. Most what about you, Ahmed? Oh, uh, well, I don't know enough about baseball, but uh, I'm gonna say I was I would start with Derek Jeter because he's the he's the like most famous baseball player that I'm aware of. Um, so just for my limited knowledge, I'd say Babe Ruth because I knew of him, like just growing, even though I didn't know how great he was, it just, he, he dated. Uh, I, when I think Babe Ruth, I always think of the chocolate. I always thought of the chocolate and I was like, oh, Babe Ruth, there you go. Uh, um, without, without having, with, with, with barely watching any baseball, I feel like, yeah. Oh, okay. That's how I know who Babe Ruth is. I've seen pictures. Oh, there you go. Uh, uh, I think he actually like mentioned in a few shows and stuff like that. But yeah, um, obviously I'm gonna go Jackie Robinson, like without question. Like he broke this. He he's the pi- I would say I would call him the, like one of the pioneers of baseball. <laughs> um, so of course, like he's I don't know like the the, the Muhammad Ali the. You you know he's he's in the pantheon of forget baseball just sports legends um, and so he'd be my number two uh, I would say uh, Lou Gehrig for that's just like my dart throw for what he kind of represents and what he was and his legacy afterward uh, I just I think I I put him in my Mount Rushmore just for that reason alone. Um, and then I think my fourth would be Mickey Mantle. Uh, again, That's very limited man. baseball That's knowledge, but baseball. these are, in my opinion. <laughs> this man's a baseball historian. <laughs> <laughs> I got to do it. All right. So for me, man, uh, most of my, I guess, you know, obviously if we're talking, you know, like you guys said, we got Jackie Robinson and stuff like that, and a lot of like Babe Ruth and 
the older players, but my my Mount Rushmore is a few more modern players that kind of changed the game for what it's worth. Uh, so number one, Derek Jeter. I think we're all in agreement on that. Derek Jeter is the, in my opinion, he is the face of baseball. Actually, I have on my Twitter a uh, shameless plug here. On my Twitter, I have my top five most influential athletes of all time. Derek Jeter, I believe, is my number three or four. Because even if you don't know baseball, you know who Derek Jeter is. You know what he's accomplished. Mm-hmm. And he, to me, is like the Kobe Bryant of the MLB. Uh, so, so number one is Derek Jeter. Number two is David Ortiz. I love David Ortiz. I'm not even saying this as a Red Sox fan. And mm-hmm. anytime you catch me on a podcast or a show or whatever, I I will say I'm I'm not being a homer. I mean, I'm wearing a Toronto Raptors jersey, and I live in Boston, so come on. But um, <laughs> the David Ortiz is the most clutch hitter of all time. Yeah, he awesome. is by far one of the best players to have ever played the game. And I just – he changed the game for what it is. I mean, if it wasn't for him, the, who knows how long the Red Sox drought would have gone on. I mean, he just is – I don't know. I'm at a loss for a word describing David Ortiz. Uh, my number big three – There you go. Yeah, big yeah, problem. there we go. <laughs> uh, my number three would be Mike Trout. I, uh, I said it earlier in the show. Mike Trout to me is the greatest baseball player to have ever played the game. Uh, and I'll, I'm, I'm going to compare it to the NBA for for a second. You see what LeBron James does game in and game out, especially in the postseason, triple double after triple double after triple double. You see Kevin Durant do it once, and the media exploded. They were like, "Oh my God, Kevin Durant did this! He did what?" and freaked out. Mike Trout puts up, in baseball terms, the LeBron James equivalent of stats, day in and day out. But then you see players like Mookie Betts, who I'm not taking away from him. He's an incredible player, but he doesn't do what Mike Trout does on a daily. And then when he does it, he gets the more recognition. Uh, So Mike Trout for me is my number three. My number four, and I think Adam is going to appreciate this one, is Mariano Rivera. Mariano Rivera is the most influential closer to have ever played baseball, in my opinion. He was one of the best pitchers I ever watched growing up. Just the when he stepped out onto the mound and that you know, bought like bought that eighth inning, that ninth inning, that was it. Chances were you weren't winning that game. If he's coming out onto that mound, it's over. It's over. So for me, that is my Mount Rushmore baseball. Well, I think you all have some pretty good lists. And I will say that Jeter and Robinson are not on my Mount Rushmore baseball. Now, both of them have had great influence in the game. Robinson broke the color barrier, which, of course, was the ban against African-Americans from playing. There's actually a couple of African-Americans who played like early – or late 19th century, early 20th century, which is very interesting. So that was like kind of before they instituted that ban. Then you also have Derek Jeter, who, yes, he's perhaps the greatest offensive shortstop of all time, but I think, I still think Ladner is better. I still think that Cal Ripken's a little better. I still think that people in their prime were better. You remember Garcia Parra, of course, Jerry. In his prime, he was better than Jeter. Of course he was. 
Like no, no doubt about it. I, I won't disagree with you on that. Yeah. So I would have to say for my Mount Rushmore, it would be Babe Ruth, of course, first. I think before he started really hitting, the home run record at the time was 13. His first year as hitter, he hit around 28. And then he also was the first player to hit 60 home runs when no one was even close to doing it at the time. He had more home runs in a single season than teams did the entire year. It was ridiculous. He broke baseball. Another player broke baseball, Barry Bonds. I can't imagine a single player who get walked 232 times now. Even Mike Trout, of course. It's just That's just unbelievable. That broke an age record from Babe Ruth. And he also broke his previous record of 198 like the year before. It's incredible. So Bonds is up there too. If we want to go barrier-wise, and someone who really instituted the game as well besides Robinson and is also an amazing Hall of Famer, Sandy Koufax, just to give a pitcher in there too. Pete Koufax may have been the greatest pitcher ever. Pete Pedro, of course, can go in there too. Pete Maddox. But Pete Koufax seems like no one did anyone better. So he has to be my number two there. Willie Mays, of course, did everything all around. So he's my number four. Actually, no, I said Roof, Bonds, Koufax, and Mays. Yeah, those are my four. I dig it. I dig it. Man, I feel left out. I was the uh, – all my players were modern. I mean, <laughs> modern, I guess, you know, early to mid-2000s. But I uh, – Casual, man. Yeah, casual. Nah, come on. <laughs> I feel like – Adam, di- agree to disagree or agree – I don't know if you're going to agree with me. I feel like early to mid-2000s was the most exciting time for baseball. Well, I would say it all started from that home run chase in 98 because that's kind of what brought baseball back from the brink of destruction after the whole 1994 strike. So I think from then on and then having Bonds, just peak Bonds, peak second-tier Bonds because he was great with the Pirates too. That also brought baseball well. You had emergence of Pujols and Ortiz and Howard. Yeah, early 2000s baseball was excellent. You had Aero there too when people didn't realize he took steroids. Even Manny Ramirez. He was – everybody, you know – I saw that tweet of him and Big Poppy on on Twitter, that picture, and I did not recognize him. And now I guess he's trying to play in like the Taiwanese league or something. He's done it before. Yeah, and I'm like – Go you, like you're old as hell, but come on. I mean, <laughs> you got this. Anyway, guys, I think that is all the time we have. Adam, thank you so much for coming on. I guess we'll start with you. Tell everybody where they can find you and, uh, you know, what shows you're on, stuff like that. Go ahead and uh, promote yourself. Well, you can obviously promote the Twitter handle, it's right down there. And of course, follow all these guys too Jared, Tyrone, and Ahmed. They're all excellent as well. You can also find me on Exit Vila or just my articles on Bat Sports page. So, you know, follow all of us, honestly. We all post great content. Is Exit Vila on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well? Yes, it is. Awesome. Awesome. And just like them, the Trifecta is also on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at JournalistJ0. I'm right there. Tyrone Ahmed, tell everyone where they can find you. You can find me at on Instagram at Ty underscore talk sports. You can find me at Facebook, Tyrone Starworth, my name. And you can find me on Twitter at T-Y-E-E underscore three. Yeah, you can and you can find me at, at Twitter, people1194. Uh, Instagram, 
Ahmed Shifa 298 and Facebook is Ahmed Shifa. Awesome. Well, guys, until next time, you guys have a wonderful night. Uh, Adam, again, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, thank you. And, listen, I, I mean, I, I love talking sports in general. And Appreciate I get, it, good man. Yeah, so, uh, again, thank you guys, and you all have a wonderful night. Yes, sir. Thank you guys, too.